Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey gang, thanks for listening to Marriage Therapy Radio. I'm Zach. Today I'm on my own, but actually also not on my own. Um, I'm getting to have a conversation today with two people that I think are just super cool. They run the Dumb Dads podcast. Their names are Kevin and Evan. They, I think they're doing a really great job talking about the importance of fathers, which has been on my mind a little bit. And I just really appreciate the approach that they have. I think you will too. It's a very cool conversation. Stick around. Well, hey, uh, how's it going? How are you guys? Hey, good. How are you? Good. How are you? You're just sitting at your house. You're chilling. This is your uh, high tech studio that I see behind you. There. Yeah, high tech living room <laughs> slash podcast studio slash toddler wrangler room. <laughs> right on slash decompression right. zone. <laughs> I'm in my counseling office. You guys are Evan and Kevin. I'll, I'll have already said that on the in- intro, but um, uh, Evan, we, we go way back, right? I married your parents. Yeah, not, your parents not my parents. I married my wife's parents. Yeah, right on. Uh, whoops i don't know how you would know um, me if you (laughs) no no no. i uh gosh i i think the first time i spent we spent any real time together might have been in san francisco after one of those alcatraz swims yeah that was one of those um that was like the perfect trip perfect time to get to to like a speakeasy yeah you found some speakeasy remember when you used to go out to like you used to be able to go out and like drink with people in public and stuff a little bit no, but yeah, we found like a... It was already hazy before when we had kids, and now it's even more hazy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll get to that for a second. Hey, I, I want to let people know like why I thought of you guys. So I'm uh, on... Uh, let's see. So in the, hist- in the progression or chronology of my life, I just got back from a vacation. And part of what I did there was I sat in my uh, condo, and I took all my... I just, I just went with Mary, so my 14-year-old it was a working vacation for me. So I took all my notes and stuff that I had collected in my desk and I just compiled them. And I found this one series of notes that was really cool about uh, dads and about the importance of dads. In particular, I found this one statistic and it made me immediately think of you guys, which is basically it's the idea that dads have been prominently portrayed in the media as, as buffoons, as not really important or not really all that helpful. Um, and then I, I I read the statistic that I thought you would appreciate. But in commercials, women are fifty percent more likely to be shown as parents, fifty percent more likely to be comforting, and a child uh, to a child, and six hundred percent more likely to be teaching. Um, because in sitcoms, and by the way, we have to talk about Wandavision. Or tell me, you guys are watching Wandavision? I'm I'm done. Yep. <laughs> you, you fit. yeah yeah we're all done. But you know, there's this whole sitcom trope that dads are just like the kind of the idiots, the kind of the tertiary characters. And then I remembered that what about the work that you guys were doing. And I went and read your bio. Here's what it says. It's pronounced dad. The dumb is silent. 
you're just a couple of dads having fun. We believe that the only way, the only way to erase the stigma that dumb dads get painted with is to parent harder, not dumber. So I was like, oh, these guys would be perfect. Let's talk to them about what it means to be a dad, particularly in, <laughs> yeah, this, yeah. Uh, in this era. So tell me a little bit about how you guys came to be the dumb dads. It's funny that you use that as an example, because that's almost literally the example that caused us to start any of this, I think, really was. It really is. It, it was like a, it was like an inside joke that we had about dads on television. It was like our, our inside joke was, hey, want to see my impression of a dad in TV and movies? And then you make like 30 seconds of fart noises. Yeah. Because that's how dads are portrayed on television and movies and commercials and everywhere, you know, and yeah. and uh, the idea that like that's what a dad is, period, was what we thought was so funny. I mean, certainly it's it's a funny thing to go about. It's it, you know, the dads that you've seen on TV and commercials, they're all really funny. But that is definitely like the slot a dad gets placed into in media and television movies and everything. Yeah. They definitely have like a, a tone like television shows, um, older television shows, especially, but even the newer ones as well. And I love a lot of these television shows. I loved modern family and, and, and everybody loves Raymond, but it is like the, the wife is always at her wits end because she's mm-hmm. doing all the parenting. So she's mm-hmm. always in a foul mood <laughs> like all of the time. And like the guy is just, he has to like make lunch for the kids and he's like packs them in suitcases or something. It's like yeah, so yeah, over yeah. the top ridiculous. Yeah. Right on. But. So yeah, we just decided why don't we, you know, and then I think just exploring the space of like what, that, what would that mean or what would that look like? What could we offer? Um, and I think our wives probably got together and we're talking going, you know, cause they listened to parent, they were listening to parenting podcasts and in their search going, you know, there's not really, yeah. you know, parenting podcasts like, aimed at dads or a lot of content that are just like aimed at dads or for dads or anything. And so we thought, okay, well, why don't we just, I mean, we already get together. We're, we're like a comedy team anyway. Why don't we get together and like record yeah. like what we are, what, what's what we're going through or what are our new ideas or did you do something stupid today? You know, that kind of stuff. Right. Because like there is a, a truth to it, obviously, which is why these shows and, and commercials are so popular because there is a truth to it. Like, us dads can be dummies sometimes, which is part of the irony of like why we call ourselves the dumb dads, but it's taken on such a life and it's been such a standard that the bar is so low now for fathers, for, for dads, because like it's been hit so hard, that joke. And we're just trying to like talk about it being yeah. stay at home dads of like, well, no, not totally. <laughs> not for all of us. I wonder about that a little bit because I, you know, generationally, we're not that far apart. I'm in my late forties. I think you guys are what, maybe mid thirties or late thirties. I'm not sure. Yeah. Exactly. I'm almost 40. No, I'm 37. Yeah. Yeah. So my kids are, my kids are 14 and 18 now and yours are younger. Uh, Evan, you have six and yeah, what, six and two and a half and four, four and a half and two. So generationally we're a little bit different. And then of course we were raised by dads that were different. And I, here's a question I have uh, to your point, Kevin was, is it really is it really true or is it true because say uh, writers in writer's rooms in Hollywood were uh, impacted by their own stories and their own dads and found comedy there? Like, I, I, I don't want to like parse it too, too much, but I, I think one thing that I've noticed is that as I was preparing even to talk to you guys and some of the research that I was looking at, some of it is less relevant now in say 2021 than it was in even in 1991, you know, and you know, how has it changed as you, as you guys maybe have observed parenting kids in this era versus say, even the one that I was in versus the one that our parents were in. 
Yeah, I think I think you nailed it, nailed it right on the head there because I remember I heard something recently. And I, I don't remember where I was listening to it, but somebody brought up the fact of anvils, right? And what do you anvils? know anvils? Like anvils, the big, heavy anvils. What do you yeah, usually yeah, yeah. know okay, those cool. from? You know them from uh, Roadrunner and Coyote because he's always ordering them and following them on their heads. Why does why do we even know? That's the only reason we know what an anvil is. We don't know them from blacksmiths, but the reason we know them is because those cartoons were made in like the 40s, 30s. Those people are probably in their 30s or 40s drawing and writing these cartoons. So they're like from the 1800s, basically, like born in, yeah. born in the 1800s. And we're knowing that truth. So I think that carries over to old television shows or even the 90s television shows. Like, you're right. I think the writers were writing based on their dads. And it's definitely changed now in 2021 where it's just like, no, it should be standard practice. I think other countries have definitely, you know, are ahead of us. I think personally yeah. of, of normalizing the dad being a stay at home figure. Like Evan said, there's really no big American platform at all for the stay at home dads. I blogged for a little while as a dad and I noticed I mostly the people that I was inter- interacting with were um, overseas in Europe and otherwise, but oh, wow. it's definitely different now and you're seeing more stay-at-home dads that are like excited that there's a platform or there's people that are like hey yeah stay-at-home dad it's normal it's fine it's not a big deal let's let's normalize it (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. your wives are reading all these or listening to podcasts there's definitely a culture of support for moms that's a part of what uh i think even you know what comes up for me in my practice. So I, um, I'll tell you, I don't, maybe, you know, this, maybe you don't, you've heard about this idea that, uh, statistically 50% of marriages end in divorce. Mm-hmm. That number is actually too high. It's actually not, uh, most psychologists and anthropologists think that's too high. What we do know is that most divorces that do happen, happen inside of year seven and use, and the most common years around number four, and there's usually a toddler in the mix. And that, and I think that comes from just the stress and strain that, that becoming a parent puts on the relationship, but also the the reality is that mostly moms have a lot of support in that regard. Like there's mommy blogs, there's networks that are created for him. There's a whole bunch of like tips on how to be an ideal mom. And of course they bury most of the burden biologically and physiologically early on. Um, but it is important to, to figure out like, okay, what's the role that the dad can play not only in the marriage, which is sort of my point of view, but also just in the, in the knitting together of the whole unit, and you two, you guys have both decided or both chosen or been forced. I'm not sure. You can tell me a little bit about it to, to embrace being a stay at home dad and kind of let that be part of the role that you bear for your, your families. Talk, talk to me about what you've sort of learned or discovered in that process, because it feels like that's a, an era that we need to kind of normalize or let be okay yeah. for people to kind of go, yeah, it takes a, what do you call it? it takes a village. I don't want to be super cheesy, but yeah. uh, I'd love to hear and let you talk about what you've learned in that process. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, I think we're both sort of similar in the way that just based on our situation, where we are, what we're trying to do with our careers, it's very difficult to be an actor. It's very, it's very difficult to live in Los Angeles and these kinds, you know, it all kind of stacks up. And so Mm -hmm. we prepare in a way, even before kids to set, you got to set yourself in a situation to be creating all the time putting yourself out there all the time. You got to be at the drop of a hat. You got to be somewhere else and performing for somebody or offering them or showing them what you can do. And so you can't, I mean, so yeah, bartending and all these different kinds of things that you do to set yourself up for that success. Then you decide, well, I still also want to be a family man. And so we have kids 
And so that still also has to sort of fit. Otherwise, you're going to have to give up and, and focus more on something else and family. You know, so we how what's the best way to do it? Well, that's well, we can be stay at home dads and our wives work the type of job that sometimes they can. You know, if we have to run out to an audition for two hours or something, then the wife can watch the kids for a couple hours and work a little later. But we also found that it helps to support each other. We're going for the sort of the same thing here. We're building this together now. But separately, Kevin goes out for an audition. This is pre 2020 protocol here, but yeah, yeah. Jo- yeah. You know, drops the kids off at our house for a couple hours and goes and does his audition and comes back. And so we even support each other in that way, too. How do we normalize it for people? I think, you know, folks who are listening, especially to this podcast, probably have some sense of how do I make my relationship better? How do I make my how do I make it more normal? It's probably more women than men. What I don't want to be like is like, hey, guys take it easy on these men because the men, they need, they're important too. They need value, but there is something to say about maybe helping people understand that, that there's not a way to do it. There's not the way to do it. There are some things that you guys have learned that are universal um, that I think is really helpful. I don't know if there's anything similar and it would be pre 2021 sort of protocol, but up in Seattle, there's a thing called PEPS, which is program for early parent support. And that was a group of a small group of, uh, couples, maybe five or six couples, all who had their babies about the same time. And then they would run a program where they had like maybe a weekly meeting and I would come in and I would speak to these meetings, you know, once every now and again. And I would always say to moms in particular, the second best way to do something isn't a terrible way to do it. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Because you've, (laughs) yeah. And so I think there's something that dads can learn and moms even can learn about, Hey, you guys are sort of carving out the second, the third, the fourth, maybe the fifth best way, to, best way to do something. And it's, it doesn't look like it's maybe supposed to on paper, but there is something that we can all take away and, and kind of glean, right? I definitely remember when we decided like to start trying for a kid, it was that my wife was working a day job, pretty much like kind of a nine to five. And I was bartending several nights a week, but I bartended so late. I started at like 7 PM. My wife was done work at six. We even had time to like, or even it was later, maybe like eight. I worked at eight and she's not six. So we were able to like have dinner together. And we realized we actually could have a kid and we wouldn't have to worry about paying for daycare or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So when we decided to go for it, the, the, it was interesting that we just were able to like make that decision of something that, like you said, for some reason is unfortunately considered non-traditional that the man is staying home and the woman is working but we just jumped into it and I've noticed really early on, especially with my daughter, maybe not so much. Well, not so much now because I don't see people, but um, <laughs> uh, I noticed when I'd go to like, store- it's like we should just put a giant asterisk on the top of everything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I like, I noticed I'd go to like story time at our local public library and it was 99% moms. Maybe there'd be another dad there. Occasionally there'd be, but for the most part, I would be the- kind of give them the nod. Like, yeah, like, I see you. And then he's like, don't look at me. We're not going to be friends because we're the only ones. Um, (laughs) But no, I don't want to have coffee with you later. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But like, even then I'd still get, and it would usually be like if a grandmother or um, nanny or someone was watching the kid, it wasn't necessarily always the moms, but it did happen sometimes with the moms where they would just be like, that's so awesome. And I'd be like, what's, what's awesome. Yeah. And they would just be, it's just awesome. Like just Mm. seeing a dad parenting. And it was like, yeah, but it shouldn't be though, right? Like this shouldn't be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> like this this is what I'm supposed to do. This is what I'm expected. And it's this weird uh like I said expectation of just like 
the men are when they do the bare minimum they are given mm-hmm. praise and that is still true i think to this day of just like i just love i just love seeing a dad take his daughter to do this or take his son to do this and you're like i'm a i'm a parent uh, it's not mm-hmm. like let's just let's get rid of that part of it like let's stop saying you know cuz there's that old trope of oh dad's babysitting today you know if the wife goes out for coffee yeah. with her friends oh you know gosh. somebody'll say dad babysitting it's it's that's the title of your book, by the way. Dads don't babysit. Dads don't babysit. Exactly. Yeah, and yeah, <laughs> that's. A, I mean, that's a really good point. And just the the idea that I, mean, I ran into the same thing. Whether we go to the zoo or something, is you know, once in a while you get a comment on it or something. And I mean, it's probably also. And you know, we our goal is also not to like let's crush this stereotype and all these things. But we certainly felt like there was maybe a void that is that no one's filling. Going, okay, well, yeah, a dad can also watch the kids all day long and yeah. teach them things and share, share parenting, you know, 50, 50, 60, 40, if it's a tough day for one of the, it's parenting is, it's a group effort. You need a teammate. I mean, you know, when you, and if you don't have your teammate, you, you should have a community or of somebody, you know, anybody, even if it's a one other person that you can bounce ideas off of or talk things out with or anything, you know, and we get a lot of excited moms who, because we also have like a, a, a TikTok channel where we both just make jokes about parenting and we get so many excited moms who are just like happy to let their guard down to to another parent especially maybe a male parent maybe but where they're just like oh my gosh yes i'm so glad i'm not the only one and we're like yeah we don't know what we're doing either like (laughs) like we figured it out it's like nobody's given the manual like everyone's just as clueless as the other one and we're all like you said it, it is cheesy but it does take a village. It is like so helpful to, to yeah. reach out to another parent and say, how did you, how did you handle this? What did, how did you approach this? That's it though. I mean, that's really the message. I think that even that it, like, again, in my practice that I'm trying to constant or I wouldn't say I'm constantly battling it, but kind of going, yeah, dads don't babysit. Like you are a parent, like you have different roles, you have different jobs. And it's not amazing when a dad steps up and is, you know, present and playful and kind and supportive and strong. It's it's no, it's normal. It's what it's, it's what it's supposed to be. And it doesn't matter if they have a day job or not, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. And I guess that's the thing I'm interested in trying to latch onto a little bit is like, what, what is the, what is the dad who is, you know, kind of locked into his job or he he's identified as a provider. Like, what does he need to learn? What does he need to take home? Because ultimately his kids don't need provision. And I put that in air quotes, like they need X. And what are you, what are you learning about in terms of, in terms of that? I would say that, I mean, this is going to sound weird, but (laughs) I would say we're no longer, the human race is not in the food chain. You know what I mean? We don't have to worry anymore. We have advanced technology. We have all this thing. The idea of the man being the protector who has to go out and hunt and forage for food all that stuff. That's all, that's all gone. Now we have technology. Everyone is on equal footing. So I don't think uh, even if it's a father who's not a stay at home dad, you don't have to be this male intense protector. Um, that doesn't, that only teaches so much. Um, I, my, my dad kind of had that protector intense vibe and, but we would have some compassionate conversations that I do remember very fondly. And I'd say they probably came out. Uh, sorry if you're listening, Dad, but um, you know they'd come out. I'd say few and far between. You know, I think they came out as the TGIF Full House moment. 
you know, the music would start mm-hmm. playing <laughs> kind of thing. Like yeah. why he kept the tape recorder. Why he kept him, the tape never recorder. <laughs> um, it's a bit, it was a bit too much. It was like, what are we talking about now? Can we turn the volume down? I can't even hear you. <laughs> but like, yeah. really though, it, it, we'd have these moments and they would be sweet, but they'd be few and far between. And I think just, just normalize your sensitivity and normalize your feelings. You don't have to be this perfect alpha male. That's not a thing. And parenting is not, per- I, this is like my catchphrase, but parenting is not perfected. If it was, they, they would have stopped writing books, but there's always a new right, parenting right. book every week. Yeah. 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 I think it goes back. That even goes back to what Zach was saying. Your dad is also using his data as, as a reference, but forging forward yeah. into whichever generation you're parenting in. It's all different from when you were a kid and your dad was your dad or your parent was your parent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and so they're only going off of what they know. It's like, you know, in the same way that you in in Hollywood, they say you write what you know. You, you listen, you got to write what you know. Yeah. And so we yeah. can only speak to our experiences. It's it's difficult to maybe speak for a generation that you were not a part of, you know, so you write what you know, you yeah. speak to what you know. You, you So you sort of but I think the modern parent then, at least how I think of it is pull the things that I thought were impactful, important that my parents gave to me as a child. Yeah. But that doesn't mean they mapped out how to parent kids because that was in the eighties and this is now. And so the things that I can grab and insert into how it is in 2020 helps me just in the way that I don't think, you know, parents, oftentimes give their opinion, which is correct. And as to how you're doing this wrong. Sure. Mm. You know, parents love to do that. What I think it should be is offer. This is what has worked for me. Maybe it could work for you or a version mm-hmm. could work for you, you know? And, and that's how I think of parenting. It's like a note is a note, not a correction. We, we talk a lot about too, and the stuff yeah. that we write, you know, just because somebody gives you a note doesn't mean you have to take it. It could, it yeah. could blossom into a new idea or something that you can use or a part of it that you can use. And I think, I think of parenting like that. What's interesting is um, Kevin, to your point about maybe your dad's listening, who knows, like we all have stories about our dads, right? Yeah. Like my dad's passed away. If I told you a story about my dad or rather if my dad heard me tell a story about my dad, he'd be embarrassed or angry. Sure. Or he might not care at all, but um, I don't know what your dads would feel, but our kids are going to tell stories about us. Right. And they're going to say, Oh, this is what my dad was. This is who my dad was. Do you have a sense of, what your kids are going to say about you guys, like, or what you'd want them to say about you guys. <sighs> <laughs> Pass. <laughs> next, next, um, hold on. Let me, I, I think you broke up. I didn't think we, we didn't hear that question. Let's just move on to the next one. Um, no, it's funny. You say that. I mean, I, I do think about that, but okay. So, so we do this, we do this podcast and we talk about all we do. What we, on our podcast, we talk about, dumb dad moments. We like to talk about mm-hmm. dumb dad moments. Mm-hmm. What did you do that was yeah. stupid and how did it affect you? And did it make, does it matter? No, because parenting is not a sprint. Okay. It's a marathon, but it's actually not a marathon either, but I'll, I'll get back to that. Well, yeah, later. I was about to say that too, but so thank you for saying that. Um, <laughs> it's a mall walk. Yeah. It's, uh, it's just running <laughs> and it's just, it's just, uh, it's just for scum, but just running until you stop. Yeah. yeah. I'm tired. I think I'm going to go yeah. home. <laughs> but in the way that like, you know, you, I don't know. I, mean, I don't know what my son thinks about me now or what he will think about me. Hopefully it'll just be that I will, hopefully it will be that I listened when I needed to listen. I offered assistance and it was never just correcting, correcting, correcting. I worry about those kinds of things. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I would say the same. I, 
we're in such I know it gets every age has a, its own challenge. And right now, both kids are home all of the time. And it's a nightmare sometimes. <laughs> but so sometimes there's just so much stress just to make sure we're doing a good job that I worry. But I do hope that I'm just encouraging and just thoughtful. I, I hope that what they think of me is just like they're going to think they're going to see my flaws and they're going to be like, God, mm. my dad, X, Y, Z. And that's yeah. fine. I just hope that they're they they see enough of the hopefully I give enough of the kindness and compassion yeah. that they can see through my mistakes. And here's what I love about your dumb dad moments that because um, I, I listened to a few of them on the, on your podcast, which I which I love, by the way, I, I wish I had younger kids. Well, maybe I don't. I actually don't wish I had younger yeah. kids. I will, <laughs> what are you about? <laughs> <laughs> I, I will tell you this. It doesn't it doesn't get any better. OK. It, it's exactly the same. It's still hard and challenging and sure. frustrating and your kids make idiot mistakes. But what I love about your dumb dad moments is uh, your kids get to see you like not be perfect. And I think that's another part of like the dad trope that we've inherited, which is somehow that weakness is problematic. And that if I don't, if I don't show up in exactly the right way, I'm going to be a failure. And what I hope my kids say about me, and I think this is embedded in what you guys are doing is that uh, they'll see me kind of flail and figure it out as I go along and try and make it up and, and even like be dumb, but they'll also see me like recover and repair and, and cover that over with some learning of my own, not just a learning for them. Right. Like I have conversations with Abby regularly and Evan knows Abby about ways that I like, don't get it right. And like, we have to, uh, She's, she's have she's going through a moment right now. And I'm like, I, I, uh, I literally walked into her room last night. I was like, Hey, do you have any idea how I can like be of help in this moment? And she was like, no. And I was like, cause I'm thinking about trying this strategy. And she was like, which one? And I was like, well, I kind of want to get mad about it and like kick your ass. And she was like, that's not going to work. And I was like, okay, so how about this strategy where I just be like super encouraging, <laughs> you know, like, should we go watch, um, you know? Should we should go watch a comedy or should I show you Schindler's list? Like which one is going to be the one that helps you like gain I've never really thought of parenting like, as a choose your own adventure story, but that's a pretty good tactic. Yeah. I, I know. know. Well, the parenting equivalent of I, passing a note and saying circle one. <laughs> yeah, totally. Are you mad at me? Yes well, my, my favorite parenting moment, I think uh, among my favorite parenting moments was we were, we got into something and I go, hold on, stop. Wait a second. If we keep doing this, it's going to get ugly. I'm going to get loud. You're going to cry. We're going to be mad at each other and we won't talk to each other until tomorrow or the next day. Do you want to stay on this one or should we like pivot to something else? And she was like, let's do the other thing. And I was like, okay, we, we're going to need to figure out what that is actually, because I'm not, I'm not sure. But I think my whole point is we have these stories that we tell ourselves about the way it should be done. And maybe there are other, other ways, you know, and then, and, uh, and so if you, if you blow it, if you're dumb, like maybe it's just an opportunity to, to kind of learn something there Yeah, it's in hard. front of your kids. It, it's definitely hard to see a parent as, um, a person. And I don't know that I really fully recognized it with my parents until I had kids of my own. And even then I still don't see that not in like a horrible way. It's just like, I still see my mom. And it's like, well, that's my mom. It's my mom. and but I'll still like, once I had kids, I was like, and I want to do things for my wife and I want to go somewhere. It's so hard to humanize them. And I just don't know that there's any way until later 
that like there's got to be a way that we can communicate that somehow earlier to our kids and i think it sounds like you're doing that of just like why are you communicating like hey i'm trying to figure this out which is definitely a new parenting trait because i feel like you know you've call it the old school thing is call out the dad he's wrong and he flies off the handle and yeah, i yeah, think yeah. well it's kind of why i go back to this question of like what story is our our kids going to tell about us yeah you know because i i care about the narrative and i want to be friends with my adult kids like Again, to to Evan and uh, Katie and Katie's parents, like I love how how rich their friendship is. The four of you have, at least that I know about, like I want a piece of that, which is really cool. I, I do have a question, though, uh, this question. Uh, so, Kevin, you have a, uh, you said two and four and a half or four and a half and two or something. Yep. Um, are they boy and girl? Uh, the girl is four and a half. The boys, too. Yeah. You have a boy and a girl. Yep. So you both have a boy and a girl. Mm-hmm. Um do you have any sense at all yet of what it what the difference is between parenting a boy and parenting a girl? Other than the amount of penis touching? Uh, other than the amount of penis touching, yes, I, I'd be interested. <laughs> my son and my old my oldest and your oldest daughter, uh-huh. I would say, are similar in personality. Yeah. So in that way, I don't know that there's that much of a difference between boys and girls earlier on. I'm because they can have the, 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 the personalities mm. are when they, when they start to open up and flourish, it's like, Oh, this, Oh, this is who this person is becoming. And I don't, I, so I don't know that we've, our kids are so close in age for the most part. Yeah. That they, I don't know. They're just little, they're little kids. They're fumbling. basically the same age. Like your two oldest are pretty close. Your two youngest are pretty close, but they're opposite in gender in that way. Yes. Yeah. And I, I would, yeah. the only thing I've noticed, and it's like one of those things, chicken and the egg. What do I notice this? Cause people have told me this. or would I notice that on my own? I think I would have noticed it on my own, but my son has that like boy, male want to just F things up. Like mm-hmm. just like uh, not aggression. He's not an, he's the happiest kid in the world, but he just wants to get thrown around. Not to say my daughter doesn't have energy. She'll run around the house screaming. But I'd say that's like literally the only difference. Um, they're both like love superheroes. They both love Mickey Mouse. They both love princesses, princesses and dresses. But my son is just every once in a while just like a, he's barely mm. two. And he's like wants to tackle and attack me and just get thrown around. And mm. it's like, I'd say that's the big thing. And I'd heard that about boys. And I was like, really? Like boys? I don't, okay, um, we'll see. And now I see it and I was like, yeah, he's. Yeah. They just, I don't know. They have this energy. They just want to get thrown. (laughs) Well, yeah. And in theory that that energy is that's in the three of us, right? Some energy to conquer or to throw or to, you know, to, to crush or create, you know, like, that's why I kind of wonder like, where, where does that come from? And what are we supposed to do with that as dads, particularly of boys or of girls? Like, again, I only have two girls. So, which I love, by the way, I'm so glad I don't have sons. I I don't think I could have done it very well at all. So (laughs) But isn't it the, it's the, it's the hand you're dealt though you know like that's how i think of it yeah. it's like you we didn't we didn't find out what um my son was going to be until he was birthed and it was like he's a boy okay. um but in the way that we're gonna parent this child right and so however this child becomes and who they become and what they become we will parent that person and so i yeah. think for i don't know i I almost find it's maybe more telling the behavior of the second kid versus the behavior of the first kid. Now this, all these things depend age gaps and all this stuff. But when your first 
kid is born, you, they are your attention. You give them the attention. You mm-hmm. do what you need to do yeah. and offer what you need to offer and teach what you need to teach for your first kid. And then the second kid comes around if you're going to have a second kid. And then it's it's not like it's split 50-50, but depending on how old they are, the first one is can be by themselves for a little bit, but it's right back down to zero with the second kid. And and then in this day and age, I find my son who's in virtual school and he can pretty much handle everything. Whereas my two-year-old is a two-year-old in a house where there's a working parent and a kid in school. And so she's kind of can do whatever she wants. And so you really got to pay attention to where she's going, what she's doing. Mm-hmm. She's learning cause and effect. What happens if I grab this or push this down or write on this or what, you know? And so I don't, I think I'm still too young of a parent to understand really the difference between boys and girls, considering I think the biggest differences might just be between first and second born. I'm not sure. Mm. Yeah. I would say, I would say to your point though, you're asking about like the, uh, the aggression or whatever it is that lives in us. I just definitely see that and want to instill just some kind of emotional maturity of like, Mm -hmm. there's nothing wrong with you feeling like you want to, punch a wall or just run up a hill as fast as you can. Let's just do that in a constructive way. And that's like the only way I want to be able to navigate that. Cause I know those feelings. I remember high school. I remember angst and all that stuff. So yeah, I definitely want to help navigate those feelings in a constructive, mature way. That's really cool. Yeah. There, uh, there's a, a pretty, pretty famous study and I won't cut it, quote it correctly here, but the general thesis of the study is, they interviewed adults at different points in their life. I think it was 21, 31 and 41 and sort of had the measure of where they fell on kind of an emotional intelligence scale of their own. And those that scored highest in kind of that emotional intelligence realm, both at 31, 21, 31 and 41 were able to report childhoods that included fathers who were present and, and emotionally present and who gave them permission to be emotionally present, present, um, And so I think that's what you're referencing is this idea that like we need to give them room to kind of breathe and fail and, uh, and, and, and I think also just have vocabulary for what it is that they're, what they're breathing in and out and what they're failing in and at. Like, like the failure isn't catastrophic. It's just, okay, what's the thing here? Like, and of course, traditionally men and boys and girls, men and women process emotion differently. And so, Mm -hmm. um, that's why I was wondering if you'd even noticed yet, maybe you haven't had an opportunity to, I used, I I've made this joke several times. So listeners will recognize it, but Rebecca, my wife used to say, um, in a, in a younger version of our marriage that she often felt like she had three children. Have your wives ever said that? I feel like I have three children. Uh, um, yes. I, yeah, at this well, point. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Correct. Act totally. like a kid, get treated like a kid. Yeah. Kind of <laughs> yeah. I can't. At this point me. I have, I feel like I have three wives. I think the tables have turned. So <laughs> um, yeah. Speaking of wives though, let's talk a little bit about that. Like, how do you feel like, or what are you learning about the difference between the way just fundamentally as dads, you function differently than moms? I would say women are just very, uh, really adept at doing the research and finding out certain ways to solve things. And mm. so I think I definitely go to my wife with more um, and she, she comes to me with problems too, but I definitely am like, I lean a lot on her. Um, I'll bring up like, Hey, I had this problem with the kid today. How do you think we can solve it? And again, this is a trope that we just want to break. I don't imagine that happens a ton where the mom would be the stay at home parent or the primary caretaker. And we would go to the husband 
Um, I could be wrong about that. And I just feel like I definitely go to my wife to be like, I really see her. And I hope other people do this as a full on 50, 50 teammate of like, Hey, I'm having this problem mm. with the kid. And instead of just trying to, I'm bad at research. <laughs> I'll try to do it yeah. sometimes, but I feel like I'll go to my wife and she's like, well, I've read, read this, this, and this. And I was like, great, this is fantastic. I'm going to try and I'll get back to you. I would say, I think uh, I'm sort of in the same boat in the way that I, yeah, I think I'm, as more of a, I don't know if this is a male thing or not, but, or the dad thing or not, but I try to react naturally to the situation by listening and observing what's going on. Mm-hmm. But certainly sometimes, and I think this is a big thing for a parent as well, especially for a dad, especially for the modern dad, if we're going to talk about that side of it, is that I'll my wife will often, like I'll handle the situation, there's a big blow up emotional reaction to something that, you know, doesn't necessarily warrant one. And then we'll talk it out. And one of the, you need to go tell your kid to go calm down in the room before we talk about it more. And then she'll come up to me and say, okay, so here's what I think could have gone differently. Like, here's what yeah. you said. Here's what you said. Here's what he said. And here's what, here was your retort, which is a little bit more defensive than it needed to be or something. Um, and I think for, for me anyway, it's a, it's also about being willing to listen to what your partner is going to, offer just Mm -hmm. there you know as opposed to well it's already handled and i figured it out or well i did it the way i thought i needed to do and it's it's done now or whatever and so it's 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 you know it is a constant learning experience but i have to listen to what she's going to say you know she's going to say here's how you could correct this or do it differently next time or here's what you said and so then i can go in and say you know i'll go into his room and say look you emotionally you like huge emotional reaction for this thing. You didn't need to do that. And here's the, and here's what I did that I didn't need to do. And I'll say mm. like, you know, I didn't, I wasn't really fair when I said this. And so I'm sorry. Okay. That wasn't really fair, but we were kind of getting into a situation there. And so it needed to stop. And that's why you're in your room calming down now or something. It could be anything. Mm. It doesn't really matter what it is, but the point is, I think just being, I mean, I, you know, again, we're not trying to break this. Our goal is not to try to break the stereotype, but we are aware of the stereotype but also know that it doesn't necessarily mean that's who you are as a dad or what dads are. You know, we can, we, mm-hmm. you, by the way, you can learn, you can get better every day, you know, I love so that's what we focus on. Yeah. To, to, to piggyback off that, I, my wife, this is actually kind of, we both do this for each other and we, we have had several talks about it as, and it's really hard to swallow our pride, but when things get heated, cause a four and a half year old is a lot. and yeah sometimes i'll get really heated or sometimes my wife will get really heated and we've had multiple conversations my wife and i about this about tapping tapping out the other person will come over and say hey let me give it a try and it's infuriating and it makes my blood boil when my wife does it to me because i want to solve this problem but i know Mm -hmm. that she's right and in my current state I'm not going to solve the problem. Um, well, and they're I, getting the bird's eye point of view of it, right? Where they see what they see, all the things that the kids are saying wrong, but they also see the things that you maybe the couple of missteps you're making. And so they can come in fresh and go, okay, with a fresh perspective, yeah. here's how this needs to be solved. But it's difficult when you're in the situation, you're flying off the handle of, of responses because you're trying to. And I've done the same for my, know. I've done the same for my wife where mm-hmm. the same thing has happened where just go over or even like the kid is stuck because they're done with you. Like I, yeah. that you, that you, yeah, yeah. that particular parent is annoying that kid. So you got to go over and go, let me give it a try. 
And it's it. a real pride swallower, but it has been insanely effective. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually the therapeutic response to that piece of research I told you about where there's that the most common year for divorce is four and there's a toddler in there. And it's, it's about and around the idea of recognizing that a, you have different parenting styles, yeah. B you have different perspectives and that the pathway to, you know, keeping your family whole is to allow yourselves to be influenced by the other, like allow influence to be possible. Um, and especially when you're escalated, you know, yeah. like especially when your blood is boiling, you know, and that's the time we want to be like, what did you just say to me? Yeah. Like, you can't, you're not allowed to talk to me like that right now. I got this, you know, no, that's exactly the time you go. Okay. Yeah. I'll tap out. And you know, if you guys can do that for one another without shame or, or like contempt, that's a beautiful strategy. So I'm pro I'm pro that. Oh, good. Um, Hey, we are approaching our, our kind of limit. I wanted, I invited you. I hope you brought me a, a dad joke or two. Do you got something good for me? Am I allowed to say this first? Yeah. Let's say whatever let's, you want. Let's land this plane. Am I allowed yeah, to say right <laughs> Well, totally. That is exactly right. Somebody has to. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, we got dad jokes. Uh, okay, you go first. All right. Um, why can't you play poker in the jungle? I, I don't know. It's too many cheetahs. <laughs> right on. <laughs> okay. That's the appropriate response. <laughs> do you know do you know about the chameleon that couldn't change color? No. He had a reptile dysfunction. Yeah. Nice. All there right. it is. That's good. <laughs> there it is. Yep. I'm yep. gonna give you my favorite one. I've used this one before, but this is my this is my favorite dad joke. What did the okay. zero say to the eight? Ooh, I know this one. Nice belt. Yeah, nice belt. Yeah. That's my fa- that's my yeah. favorite dad joke. That joke is I, I, I wrote that, Evan, Evan. I wrote that one six hundred years ago. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I love talking to you guys, and I love listening to your podcast. I'm going to make sure that our listeners uh, jump over and visit you. How else can they find you? Uh, you can follow us on um, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Dumb Dad Pod. Dumb Dad Pod, right on. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, thanks for joining me today. Sorry, Laura couldn't be with us, but thanks for landing a plane on her behalf, yes. and we will. Uh, We'll, we'll, we'll be in touch. Thank you very much yeah. for having us on. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. This has been great. All right, cool. So that was Evan and Kevin. They are super fun. The Dumb Dads podcast. Make sure to check them out on TikTok and Instagram and their actual podcast. They're funny and they're just fun. And I think parenting should be fun. Everything's a lot of work right now, um, but it doesn't necessarily have to be. Uh, let's see. Laura's gone. I don't remember what she says. Something about thank you for putting all the energy into making your relationship better today than it was yesterday. Hope you're still doing that. Um, and, uh, we look forward to seeing you next week. Bye-bye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's journey, the free to play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.